0: But what separates the, the, the great from the good? You could see that they put in the time. You look at the best athletes, it's usually they're putting they're, they're doing something different. Some of it's timing, but I, I tend to believe that they're working harder. they're, they're doing something.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke and father of five young people, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well.
0: Hey, guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers, we're going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose.
1: Welcome to Guild Stories. All right, so for you diehard Chiefs fans out there, we have a, a fun guest on the show today. Uh, so welcome to Guild Stories. I'm Justin, and I'm joined today by uh, the one and only Keith Cash, um, former of former Chiefs fame and of current... Casey Infamy is a Chief Ambassador and an Executive at Central Bank. Um, and we're super excited to have you on the show, man. We can't wait to hear your
0: story. Man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, of course, Keith. So um, I, we'll, we'll eventually start winding it all the way back because we want to hear about your growing up and about your time and uh, running around in, in Texas with your twin brother catching touchdown passes and all that fun stuff. But um, let's let's start with kind of the today reality. Um, and. Tell us about, man, like, what's your role with the Chiefs now? Um, Obviously, the city's on fire. There's tons of excitement. We clearly just uh, celebrated in a massive way with a parade downtown. So, um, just, I I think everybody would be dying to hear kind of your perspective on the state of the Chiefs right now.
0: I'll tell you what, I, like everyone else, I am in that uh, Super Bowl hangover. You know, we've had a heck (laughs) of a, a three weeks with the AFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl and... Going to Miami and participating in it, it has just been for a former player and the city alike, uh, but former player, we just take pride in what the Chiefs are doing, just like the city does. But uh, we feel like we had a part in getting us to where we are today. So I think we took take a little bit more out of this victory. Uh, we have a lot of friends and a lot of different teams and just to have bragging rights for a year is pretty cool.
1: Absolutely, man. It's been a long time coming, too. So um, I, I think about guys like you a lot. I mean, obviously, I had a few years working in that building and, and had the good pleasure of, of meeting guys like you and Mike Maslowski and um, Bobby Bell and, and the list goes on, Willie Lanier. And and in a lot of ways, I mean, the the yes, like you guys weren't playing and practicing this year, but in a lot of ways, the culture of that building and that family and that team – very much is built upon the backs of guys like you who have gone before and paved the way. Um, so and, and and maybe I'm mistaken in some of the details, but don't um, doesn't every season start with, like, an ambassador's dinner where they kind of welcome in the new guys? And, I mean, I'd just be curious to hear, like, how, how, how involved you guys are in the team
0: right now. Yeah, so we do the dinner where we're actually sitting down to – I mean, that's the best way to get to know somebody yeah. is eating with them, breaking bread with them. A lot of stories come out. Uh, usually with the rookies or the incoming class, so we get to meet them early on. And we're basically just here to support, and if they need anything from us, because we can, as ambassadors, so it's a group of about 45 of us, all ingrained in the uh, business world in Kansas City. Yeah. feel like we have a lot of connections throughout the city. So we have guys that uh, want to play 10 years, and then you have guys that are just here for, for – you know their season uh but ultimately it's all about relationships and everything that they do and everything that we do as a as a former player uh we're just here to support the organization support the team kind of stand in the community when they can't um we just spend a lot of time just in a supportive role of, of the team and, and of the players
1: yeah that's so good man and i i, I saw that firsthand i mean whether that's a red Friday, and you guys are out with with the, with the executives and the front office folks collecting money and kind of doing the thing with um, corporate partners or showing up at events or whatnot. I mean, um, maybe it's unique or maybe it's not. But like, how does how does your kind of alumni group, the ambassador chiefs ambassadors, compare to maybe other teams in the league?
0: Yeah, so there aren't any more. Really, there may be guys that get together for an alumni week or alumni okay. weekend, something like that. But I think we are the only. Uh, Team that has this unique group of uh-huh. of guys, and we not only do we do stuff for the Chiefs, but we raise money for our own uh, charity efforts, camp quality, anything to do with yeah. kids. We kind of participate in camp quality is one of our big ones. Big brothers, big sisters is another one that we deal with. Uh, and again, we raise money through a uh, gala that we'll yeah. do in the spring, and then we do a golf tournament later on in the fall. Uh, we raise money just to give it away to different kids charities.
1: That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, what did kind of jumping back to the to the Super Bowl? Um, what did that mean? You know, obviously specifically to you and, and maybe even your family, but um, to that Chiefs ambassadors group, like what what did, does it – is is it just kind of this massive relief? Is it? I mean, you mentioned celebrating. You know, taking taking maybe a little bit more pride and ownership than the average fan would, as you should. Um, but yeah, I'd just be curious to hear like what what that was like for you. Where where were you? Like, what'd you feel? All that stuff.
0: You know, I was one of the ones that I went down to Miami, but I came back because in having a conversation with my kids, they said, "Dad, I really want to watch it with you." Huh. So basically, they're saying, "Dad, if I can't take you to, if I can't take the kids to the Super Bowl, you got to have your behind home to watch it with us." So <laughs> I awesome. ended I ended up coming back on Saturday. Uh, made it back for my kids' basketball games, uh, pulled an all-nighter. I was up for, gosh, I don't know how many hours. But, uh, <laughs> man, it, it's I, – I say that we take more ownership in it, but I know that I saw some grown men cry oh, man. <laughs> while watching the game. So I think it, it, it really was a relief because 20, 25 years ago, we had an opportunity. We made it to the AFC championship game, and – You know, there's so much uh, skill involved in it, but there's also a lot of luck involved in it. You know, getting guys healthy at the right time. Uh, Some really opportune plays at the right time. And it is so hard to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, it took us 50 years. That's a long time. 50 years to get back. So that, that tells you right there that it is really hard to get there. And... You know, just to have the luck and the ball bounce your way, yeah. which it did this year. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the Miami Dolphins go and beat New England with Fitz Magic. With Fitz Magic, <laughs> come right. on. Right. There's there's stuff that falls right. falls in line, uh, and this was just our year. I don't think it's going to be our last time getting there. I think we have a quarterback that ultimately the the team that puts the ball in the best players' hands over and over again, and give them a chance to make some plays. And then they're putting some weapons around them. I think that this team's going to be back sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, man, I, I agree, and 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 I want to tell a story about that in a second. But I want to I want to pause and and, and retrace to your comment about watching your kids hoops game. So we're fortunate to kind of live same part of town, and kids are we're in gyms all the time. It seems like you know our families are are bouncing around into similar places, and so I saw you that Saturday morning, and knowing. You know, you're obviously very prominently connected to the Chiefs still. I was the knucklehead sales guy who left the Chiefs. Um, in the Prima Homes era, I like to say. I'm like, man, maybe if I would have <laughs> known too. they would have yeah, drafted exactly. fifteen from Texas Tech, maybe I'd still be there. Um but in any event, the the I saw you and one of the one of the um either other dads or one of the kiddos said, Hey Keith, like are you going to the Super Bowl? Why are you back? Or maybe I did. I can't even remember. Um and you made the comment, not like Nobody was around. Nobody was. You weren't trying to get credit for it. You're just like, "Hey, man! Like, I'm gonna watch the game with my kids tomorrow." Um, and and I was struck in that moment by like this kind of really grounded, um, you know, y- you would have the access to go to the game. You would have the ability to go be part of the thing, and you chose in that moment to be like, "No, no, no, man! That that is cool and glamorous and as amazing as that as that thing is. Yeah. Um, and 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 and, and yep, that's a big thing." The bigger thing is to go sit in the basement and watch it with Chris and who you know like absolutely tell me absolutely about
0: that. yeah so like I said my my boys when I was getting tickets for the game or 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 getting tickets to go to to Miami just that I just wanted to go just to experience it sure I've done it in the past but I've never done it with the Chiefs in of the course. Super Bowl so uh, just the experience and getting off the plane and literally on the plane we are doing the tomahawk chop there was that many people on the on the chain on the On the plane. So I just wanted to participate in the atmosphere. And at the end of the day, my my kids and my family mean everything to me. And they said early on, Dad, you're going to Miami. Are not we going to watch the game together? What's going on? So I said, man, I will be back. I will be back for your games because I try not to miss any of their events. I want to be that father that's – sometimes I get a little loud on the sidelines, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I want to be that dad that is, that is there and present. I don't want to be, uh, you know, getting the updates over the phone. So we got back, and I remember the funniest thing about that game that I take away from that game. It's the – you know, the Chiefs played great and all of that, but I remember when we were coming back in the fourth quarter and – uh, we had just scored Kelsey scored his touchdown, and we 're all jumping around and my son comes to give me a big chest pump and i 'm two hundred and sixty five pounds he 's probably a eighty pounds, ninety pounds, and we go chest to chest, and he just goes or chest to <laughs> stomach, I should say, and he just goes flying across the room, and my daughter 's jumping on me, and my other son is jumping on me, and it was just one of those moments that that you 'll never forget, yeah. you know yeah. so.
1: Oh man and it's so rich i mean that 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 doesn't make top 10 on Sports Center, but it's so rich, and there's so much depth in that moment. I'm, I'm thankful you'd share that with us. Um, so let's, speaking of children and kind of childhood, and all, let, let's trace back, man, to, to your own childhood. Like, where'd you grow up? Um, I, I think some folks probably know you played at Texas, Hook'em horns, right?
0: That's right. Um,
1: but, I'm a Mizzou guy? Uh, yeah, hey, it's for the guests. It's for the <laughs> listeners, bro. Um, but would would love to hear kind of your journey and your childhood and, and how, you know, how you ended up getting to where you were,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. So I was a military brat, huh. except my dad, we made one move after after me and my twin were born. Funny story about that. My brother, my mom didn't even know that she was pregnant with twins oh, no. until she went to the hospital. <laughs> like there was a nurse that said, oh my goodness, it's, it's twins. You must be so happy. And my mom was like... Uh. Uh, What is that? uh, What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, (laughs) Nurse? I forgot what show that was. But it was one of those moments. And, you know, born in San Antonio, Texas to a military man, ended up moving to Japan for a few years. Mm. Uh, We were, me and my brother, just because there's not a whole lot of African-American twins over there, we ended up doing some modeling over there as little kids. Come on, man. So we had, uh, we have some pretty cool. uh, That's awesome some pretty cool marketing swag from from then uh that that was pretty cool my sister did some movies my dad was in a movie so it was pretty cool childhood then we came back here came back to san antonio about six years old seven years old started my football career crazy texas uh football oh yeah started early And we just played anything with the ball. That's how we stayed engaged. That's how we stayed out of trouble. Uh, Baseball, football, basketball, just your typical upbringing. The only difference is I had a big brother that wouldn't let us play with them unless we can keep up with him. So if we cried or anything like that, he was six years older than us. If we cried, if we uh, lagged behind, he was going to leave us at home the next day. So we would suck it up and and go play. And then when – We weren't with him. I had my twin brother as my my play partner, so we went at it constantly. And I think that's helped form both of us into, you know, decent athletes to where we can go on to college. Uh, Pretty good uh, high school career. Both played basketball. Uh, Both ran track. I was a 6'11 high jumper, so I could jump a little bit. Um, Basketball, we both were all-state tournament teams, that sort of thing. And then football was kind of our bread and butter where all the skills that we had playing basketball and and baseball uh, kind of culminated in our football careers. All those skills we kind of took into into football. And really, um, football was probably my second best sport. I just didn't learn to dribble. Really? I should have played basketball. I just couldn't dribble, man. Huh. So I'd go get Ollie oops an athletic guy but I I couldn't have I couldn't get the handle so uh ended up getting a scholarship in football University of Texas played there 4 years had the best time of my life playing with my with my my little I call him my little brother but he's uh, 4 uh, 4 fun. minutes 4 <laughs> minutes younger than I am uh then That's we crazy. then we go to the pros and I remember does uh, he you know, play with you at Texas? He did. Oh, he wow. did. Okay. So he okay. was a, he was a tight end. I was a wide receiver. Crazy. And then I kind of ate my way into the <laughs> the tight end position <laughs> when I got when I got to the pros. But uh, you know that was a blast playing with him my last yeah. four years. And I tried to get Marty to bring him over. Uh, he had just uh, I think he I, he's a free agent. And I tried to talk Marty into, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to have the Cash Twins? And he was like, "No, because if I have to cut one of you, the other one isn't going to play. Oh, man. <laughs> He's going to oh, be man. sick." So, yeah. uh, great, great childhood, great upbringing. Yeah. You know, mom was she was our biggest cheerleader, our biggest um, uh, constantly praying for us mm-hmm. as 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 kids. Very Christian woman. Uh, love cool. love the childhood. I remember. Recruiting visits and, and mm-hmm. them dropping us off at the airport. And I remember going to Purdue, of all places. Uh, Purdue's coach was uh, Fred Akers, who was Texas's coach okay, uh, because he got fired. Got it, got it. Got so it. I'm getting on the plane to go see Fred Akers because he had been recruiting us for two years. And, I t- and back then, parents could pretty much take you and put you on the plane, they could walk you through security and, and, and get you on the plane. Well, I'm walking down, we're walking down the tarmac and we turn around and there's a window there and my mom is just bawling. So we're go getting on this plane, supposed to take this great kid, trip. Like a I'm a high school kid. Exactly. Whatever, yeah. And I'm like, we can't leave. We have to, it's either Texas or Texas A&M. I mean, that was, or Baylor. That was it. My mom wanted us to go to Baylor, but we wanted to be a little closer to home. So we ended up in Austin uh, and, uh, a&M just wasn't a, a good fit for us, but ended up in Austin and, and, you know, we, we played baseball there, excuse me, baseball, played football, Yeah, probably yeah. could have played, uh, played probably could have played, everyone probably could have yeah. played basketball. I ran track for it a year. Oh, you did? And, uh, nice. yeah, that, that was, uh, college was so much fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, that kind of prepared me to come to Kansas City and the fun that I had here.
1: Yeah, man. What, when um, And so your brother played with you kind of all growing up, high school, college, the whole deal. Um, what did your journeys look like at, after that point? Like, uh, who who got drafted? Like, what that look like? So,
0: because I was a receiver coming in the tight end, I was drafted in the seventh round. My brother was drafted by the Chiefs? By the, by the, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, by the Steelers? Okay. No, okay. that's not right. I got drafted by the Washington Redskins. Okay. Awesome. That was their Super Bowl year in 1991. Okay. Did not make that team. Okay. Ended up in Pittsburgh my first year. Awesome. I played the last five games of that season, last four games of that season, and and, uh, I, I tore it up. I mean, I was I was a receiver, so that that's the one thing that I was good at. Yeah. I wasn't going to put my hand in the in the ground and and knock you I off the ball. Events, right? But what I was going to do is linebackers covering receivers typically don't not a good matchup. So that's I good. was I was I I had my way with a lot of them. That's awesome. Uh, and my brother's journey was, and then Plan B free agency. I came over to Kansas City in 1992. Okay. 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 So and then my brother's path was. You know, we played the same amount of time, which is weird. Uh, you'd think that one of us would play a little bit longer. He drafted by the, by the Indianapolis Colts, played wow. one year with the Raiders, which I got to see him two times yeah. on the field, which was, which was crazy to see him out there. I told him uh, home game, Neil Smith, Derek Thomas coming off the corners. I said, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter – we had a little side bet that he would, I said, you're going to jump off sides. He was like, no way. So you have Neil Smith so flinching loud. on that corner. It's yeah. so loud. And uh, he jumped off sides. I won that bet. <laughs> uh, and then he finished up in with the Chicago Bears. So same six-year career. Crazy. Uh, good times, though. That's awesome. Good times.
1: Yeah, there's that, not probably too many families in America that could say, yeah, my twin boys played in the NFL together. I mean, there's probably what? Not many. There's not many. I don't know if there. I mean, I barber could, twins. Barber. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: those guys. Edmonds. Are, are those twins? I don't know. Man. The kids in Seattle. Okay. That's the. There's there's a hand there's been a handful not, not a lot many. not a lot not many. not a lot
1: that's so cool man yeah um so tell me so you come to KC um in that time I mean that was my dude that that's like you know. My version of, I mean, even a little bit older, I was at that time 12, 12, 13. Grew up in KC, um, would go to games. Like, you know, you talk about chest bumping your your son. Like, that was me, right? Like, I was all into it. My our, my son's 10, um, and he he's out there, you know, flexing like he's Mahomes in the front yard <laughs> trying to throw no-look passes. Right, like, that's right. his deal, right? Yeah. And so um, that was me growing up. And so I remember, like, those days of Arrowhead was – and, and, and the business side of that's fascinating. To think what they did and the, how terrible they were in the 80s. Right. And then they hire Carl and hire Marty. And Lamar has this vision for what this thing could be. And then it just ignited an entire city. Um, and you were part of that. And So I'm just fascinated to hear, like, as, as that kind of culture. And, you, and maybe you came in kind of right towards the beginning or after it started or whatever. But um, would love to hear, like, how that thing kind of just took off and ignited at that time
0: you know when I when I got here they were already on their way yeah. yeah you know they had won a I don't know if they'd won a playoff game but I feel like they had been in the playoffs. so okay. yeah uh, shoot I, I I got here it was good it mm-hmm. was good it's not not making the playoffs every year winning some playoff mm-hmm. games getting to the AFC championship I just saw how this how crazy this city was for a for a winning team right um mm-hmm. uh, going to the store, being recognized people picking yeah. up your, here I am making a decent, a decent wage and people are picking up my, my, yeah. my meals at different restaurants around town. Cool. Uh, but it is, it, it really is. If you give back to the city and, and love on this city, the city will love you back. Absolutely. I mean, this place is, you talk about the, 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 the players that really throw themselves into this city and, and, you know give back um and someone that comes to mind right now is is you know tyran i yeah. mean he's he's sh- he's showing up and these guys are showing up and and the city like i said they they love you back if you if you show the city some love so it is pretty cool to see how uh during this last run how i mean the amount of red the amount of of you know, you go to a store and, and sold out of everything is yeah. is, is pretty cool. So uh, it it is a, uh, like I said, the city, you love the city, city love you back. That's how Kansas City is. Very friendly people. I could say that I haven't come across too many people that would, um, that weren't, that didn't show you just the utmost respect when you're out in the community.
1: Yeah. No, man, it's you know i think of how many you know kansas city if you looked at it on a map you're like dude why would you live there (laughs) right like there's not a mountain range there's not a beach um you're not really that close to any big kind of metropolis you're close-ish to chicago i guess um there's you know weird weather and tornadoes you look at it objectively you're like why would you live there man right and so you got guys like you coming from Texas and people like Trent green coming from Indiana and all these people that kind of come here and end up here. And and most of them don't leave when yeah. it's over. They stick around, which yeah. I think to your point is like, um, it's so cool about KC It's like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you love it, it'll love you back. Absolutely. You're totally right.
0: Absolutely. There's uh, I thought about, or as I sit here thinking about it, you know, what, what brought me back to Kansas city? Cause when I was done playing, I left, I mm-hmm. went back to, went back to Texas and ended up. So, uh, uh, a woman brought me back, my wife, works, bro. <laughs> she brought me back. <laughs> but when we were deciding where to live, it was either Austin, Texas or, or Kansas city. Mm. And it was June, July, August, some, somewhere in there. And it was about 190 in Texas and about 90 here. And I was <laughs> like, okay, this is th- that was the best day to make a decision for her <laughs> right. because I was, I was coming. And you know what? I, I had so many relationships here already. Yeah. Uh, that it was it, it didn't take much arm twisting.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, the things we do for love, bro. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, tell us about your days with Marty. I think anybody growing up here is probably going, or or even just a fan in general of um, of, of football and can respect great coaching, whatever sport or whatever kind of leadership lesson you want to learn. W- would all put Marty Schottenheimer in this category of like right. one of the greats, right? Sure. Um, what was it like to play for
0: him? He was a tough coach. I remember, you know, looking at the players and what they go through now with their limited practice schedule and you can't put on pads and and, and uh, you go back to Marty. And one thing that Marty would do is he would – it wasn't for the week. You know, his teams were not for the week. If you made it through training camp, uh, if you made it through the summer practices, uh, you were strong – He and – Part of it was he wanted to push you to the limits to see how much. Uh, a lot of times, our bodies. I, I always had a coach that used to say, um, "Keep running, keep running." He said, "You will. Your your mind will keep going even when your mind. As long as your mind tells you what you, tells the body what to do. When you get tired, your body starts telling the mind stuff, and you can't listen to that. You got to work through that. It, when you get tired, your mind will." will take over at some point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was Marty's deal. He wanted to, uh, he wanted strong individuals that when it got tough in the fourth quarter that you're telling your body what to do and your body's not telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So he was a, one thing I learned from him is the fact that mm-hmm. preparation was everything. You know, so we worked, I mean, the fine details, and it's no different than your work, my work now. Um, you have to be prepared. You go into that pitch meeting, you have to be prepared for it. Uh, I, With my career now, I got to do the same thing. I got to be prepared when I have meetings. And um, so preparation was a big thing. Um, and then never quitting. I mean, it was... It, I keep going and I tell my kids this all the time. They tell me they're tired, they're tired, they're tired. It's like, no, man, you're not, t- that's, that's your, you got, you got to conquer your yeah. body, yeah. you know? And that's, that's what I tell them. That's what I tell Chris as, as we're playing basketball is he's tired, sucking wind, uh, you know, take a drink of water, take some deep breaths and, and.
1: Get back out there. Get bro. back out there. You'll be
0: all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, You're young. I, yeah. You're young.
1: Cool. Yeah, look at us, man. We're old. Like, right. you, you got energy, not me. Um, no, but it's it's fascinating because I do think it, it – and maybe this is my own, like, issues coming out here, but we, we, we have an eighth-grade daughter who – pretty good little basketball player. She's not going to be in the WNBA, but she can play a little bit. And she's got a new coach for her club team this year, and they just were here last night. It'll be eight days or whatever when – everybody else hears this, but, um, she's a D one athlete played, played, uh, small forward at Mizzou, um, tough minded, two time strength and conditioning, all American way bigger biceps than I ever had. (laughs) Right. Like she, she can, she's strong, physical, the whole deal. Right. And she's their new coach and she's got this really talented athletic, um, but, but fairly suburban shelter. Not, and again, there's some great things about, Sure. The way our, these kids are being raised right. and the opportunities they have and all this. But, like, if we're honest, like, it's not that hard for them. Right. And and to get Bree here with her, her very first question, which we were kind of eavesdropping some of the parents in the back, and she has the group together, and she's like, all right, I want everybody to come up here on the whiteboard and write down <clears throat> under yes or no column if you think you're mentally tough. And there's 11 girls. And and I, you could just sense, like, uh, I think the answer's got to be no. <laughs> <laughs> so nine of them were smart enough to and self aware enough to write no. Right. Um, but but it, it made me think of that when you're talking about Marty thinking like, man, we're capable of so much more. Absolutely. And to have a voice, even if it's not a voice that we always love or think is awesome or whatever, I'm sure there are days that you're f-bombing Marty on the way home. Absolutely. Work. Absolutely. But but he but he got something in you yeah. to activate, and that was already there. It's right. your thing, right? right. But he. He hit the right nerve to get that thing to activate. And I think that's as we study leaders or coaches or whatever. It's like that kind of stuff is fascinating to see. Right? How right. do you how do you how do you in a in a loving human helpful way get that out of somebody? Yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 you look at Marty. Every team that he started with, I mean, he went from here to Washington, Washington to San Diego. Every team there is a revolt with Marty. And I'm sure it was like that with Kansas City, where players were just, look, I've had enough. But Marty's like, "Okay, we're going to stay the course, okay. We're, <laughs> we're going to keep going. I'm going to I'm gonna let up on you at some point, but it's not going to be right now. I remember having three-a-days. We had two. I mean, Ugh. I'm not sure you can have two-a-days more than a couple times a week now. We had two-a-days for like 30 days in a row. That's <laughs> And then we had some of those were three a days. So that's brutal. He was literally trying to break you down just to build you back up. I mean, the same thing we do with yeah. the same thing I do with my kids. Last yeah. night I had them in the, in the living room, push ups, sit ups. People going <laughs> to, people are going to think I'm a, I'm, I'm a military, uh, trying to push my kids. But I think that, that it's up to us as parents yeah. to push our kids to be the best that they can be. Yeah. And the only way I know is to work, because yeah. that's what I did. I yeah. put in, I put in the work. I want yeah. them to put in the work. That's the only way I know. I don't, I don't take it easy on them. Uh, we play basketball. I am trying to. I'm not getting beaten basketball until they can beat me in basketball. I don't believe in participation medals yeah. or any of that stuff. Uh, when you could beat me, you can beat me. Yeah. And that's I understand great. that I have you by. Uh, 40 (laughs) years it doesn't it doesn't matter uh when you could beat me you could beat me so I encourage them along the way I knock them down I pick them up I love on them Uh, but I want some fearless kids that believe that they can conquer the world yeah that's what I'm trying to build
1: yeah I love it man and I think left um I'm not sure about your kids but my kids left to themselves they drift into this land of and and me too right but like Ease, comfort, path, sure. of least resistance. Right. Where's the iPad? Right. <laughs> where's the Where's YouTube? Where's yeah. Dude Perfect? Yeah. Right. Like, um. And again, and again, I I love I love your you know I, the the San Antonio Army guy and he's coming out when you say that. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um. That's so cool. So, the NFL ends at some point right. for everybody. Right. Not for long. Right. That's what they call it. Yep. That's um. It. So, what that moment looked like for you, and then. I mean, obviously, you you, you said you moved back, and then you came back to KC. But, like, from a career perspective, like, how did that – and i got to imagine that's a tough kind of sitting there going, hey, all this time I was the guy, this was the thing, this is what I knew. Now i got to go figure out something else. Like, what what was that like for
0: you? I was one of those that I did a pretty good job of putting money away and and Mm -hmm. saving so I didn't have to jump. Mm -hmm. I didn't – I mean, it wasn't burning a hole in my pocket. I just – out of sight, out of mind. So, I had the chance. I went back and got finished up my degree, cool. and then I cool. and that took another year and a half. And during that time, I just participate in everything that I could participate in because I knew that uh, networking and, and people, uh, I knew that was a path to find what I really wanted to do. So, I really took some time to talk to a lot of different people and, and figure out what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, is that something I can do? I I, I just came up with things yeah. that I wanted to do. And then I put myself with people that uh, were in those fields. Mm. So that's, that's kind of how I did it. I, you know, I had some buddies that were in the mortgage business. That was my first job out of, mm. out of, out of, uh, out of the NFL. And then I just stayed in banking after that in some former, former fashion. That's awesome. And then came up here and, went a totally different path because I was trying to get to that that woman, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, So I I was with a home builder for a little while, and then a couple years after that, I went right back into into banking, and uh, now I'm with Central Bank of the Midwest. Financial advisor, been there for about six months. Uh, Been doing it in this career field for about 11 years now. Cool. Um, Love it. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
1: Um, and, And I'm sure there are plenty, but what are a couple as you think through like your own journey and career, uh, I'm sorry, athletic career pursuits. um, What are some of those themes or lessons you learned along the way that, that still kind of are woven tight into your life, you know, from a career perspective today?
0: Yeah. So I was one of those ones that I had to, I always felt like I had to work. I always felt like I had, um, I had to stay ahead of, everybody. So I would never be unprepared. So I am prepared, everything that I do from a business standpoint, I am prepared for that. I've done the research. Um, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I want to do. So um, that, that that's a big one for me. And just the, the one thing I tell my kids constantly is, is, you know, I'm not going to let you be average. So I tell that to kids all the time. You know, My dad used to tell me the same thing. You know, you can do absolutely nothing and be pretty close to average. You could be a C student. You could be a functioning uh, marketing executive. You won't be a great one being average, but you could probably get by. Get by. Um, so that's the one thing I never wanted to be was average. And that's the one thing, I, I talk about my kids. Where did that
1: drive I, come from for you?
0: I think part of it is internal. I had some yeah. coaches that were really, really good growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first Pee Wee football coaches—they played uh, semi-pro football in in San Antonio—and I remember some of the talks that we had. To this day, I mean, I was that was forty something years, forty years ago, and I remember some of the talks about um, just speaking uh, encouraging words to your kids, not to, not to break them down. And anytime that I've, I've hurt my kids or I've made my kids mad, I always have a conversation with them and they know that I, I love them and I'm going to, and I want to build them back up. I mean, I've done something to, to hurt their feelings. Now I want to tell you, now I'm going to tell you why I did it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be on the same page afterwards. So I had a lot of lot of that. I I failed so much growing up. Mm. Um, Me too. But in those failure failures, you learn something from it. So that's my my kid right now struggles with phalanx, My oldest kid, and it's a struggle. He gets so upset about it. And you know we are watching the you know Kobe Bryant was talking, oh, man. and God bless his soul. Um, but he said. Uh, basically i want the ball in my hands the last shot every time he said i don't care if i miss it i'm going to keep shooting it and that's what i tell my kids man it doesn't matter if you miss a layup it doesn't matter if you get if, foul, if you foul none of that stuff matters you got to keep going mm-hmm. and that was one of the lessons that came at the perfect time i mean for i mean not not as death obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but but the but the words of, uh, perseverance and, and gosh, just keep going. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, n- nothing is like we can fix anything that you do. We can fix yep. basketball sports. Um, wait until you get older to start worrying about
1: right. th- the other stuff. <laughs> Man, right. ju- ju- you right. just
0: play hard. You don't worry about failing yeah. sports is that's one of the great lessons about sports I mean, we fail. We fail at sports. Yeah. I mean, basketball, you shoot 50%. You're, that's a high percentage. Mm-hmm. Baseball, three out of ten hits. Put you in the Hall of Fame. Put, put you in the Hall of Fame. Right. Football is a little different. I mean, I can't miss 50% yeah. of my blocks and have a job. But, right. uh, you know, it's it's all about failing, getting back up. I mean, and, and perseverance and, and putting your head down and going to work.
1: Dude, so good. It's so, so timely because I think – um, yeah, the Kobe thing impacted our family, too, and, and me. Because, again, same kind of growing up. Like, he was the guy, you know. Like, I was on the tail end of Jordan and the front end of Kobe um, as a kid. So, he he that, like, relentless, nonstop, get up, trust the process. Like, right. that, that coach speak of, like, trust the process gets annoying to hear, like, as a fan sometimes. Yeah. But, like, that actually is the thing. Right. Like, to get up and just do the daily, consistent, show up and do the work type yep. of stuff that then all of a sudden, and again, whether it's business or athletics or relationships or whatever, it's like, dude, if I don't talk to my wife for, for 10 months, like the result of that will be a bad relationship. Right? If we, sh- if I show up and we talk every day, stuff gets better. If right. I show up at work and put off the important just to do the meaningless BS, like the big stuff doesn't come. Right. right. And it's just, right. it, it's so simple. And yet, I do think it's this lesson that uh, it's tough to embrace, but Kobe embraced it, man. Like absolutely. Kobe showed up and did the work, absolutely. And if it whatever worked. it's four a.m. if it's cold, if it's nobody's in the gym, yep. it's not on Instagram. I'm gonna just get my shots up. If I That's miss, it. if I miss a bunch of, them, I miss a bunch of. Them. That's it. It's crazy. There's
0: no, there's, there's the people that are real good at stuff. But you you could see that they put in the time. You look at the best athletes. I mean, even today, there's a lot of great athletes playing. There's some people that just do it a little harder, do it a little they do more, they put in more time. Um, at, at some point, the skills are the same, but what separates the, the, the great from the good? It's usually they're putting they're, they're doing something different. They're doing something different. Some of it's timing, but I, I tend to believe that they're working harder. they're, they're doing something. I don't know what that is for everybody, but I know that uh, you look at the stuff that Mahomes is doing and no-look passes, that's stuff he practiced that people aren't practicing. That's right. Right? Now here he wants to throw one behind his back. Oh, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> left-handed, right-handed. He's, he's practiced all that stuff, yeah. and that's stuff that other people aren't practicing. Yep. Um, and it's
1: so. not like that's a flippant, like, oh, here I am in the AFC Championship game for the first time attempting a no-look pass. Right. That's what, and, and I will never compare my athletic ability to theirs. But I look at some some of our kids today and they're out there trying to jack threes like Steph Curry or right. go between their legs like James Harden or throw no-look pass like Patrick Mahomes. Like, no, it doesn't happen in a game. You can't show up and do that, bro. <laughs> right. Like, that's not how it works. Right. Um, so, anyway. Well, it, we, you've been a, a real treat, man, and I want to respect your time. Um, before we kind of wrap up, I think everybody who is a fan of the Chiefs would be pissed if I didn't ask you the the, the one question that I'm sure you get a million times. Um, the AFC Championship game, you catch a pass. It's Montana, right? Yep. You catch a pass from arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Right. There, a couple other guys will have claim to that seat at some point, potentially. Um, but he's absolutely on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, of, for sure. Of For sure. So you catch a huge game – Big-time play, touchdown. You cruise into the end zone in Houston, and you blast Buddy Ryan's face <laughs> on a poster with a football. I'm sure you've told this story a yeah. million times, but what's going through your mind when as that play and that kind of scene unfolds?
0: You know what? It's, it's, it's kind of a crazy play because I actually run. I'm on the other side of the field, and I run behind the line of scrimmage trying to do my best crouching run pose just to hide from the defense. Yeah. Uh, so we were running the ball. Which 6-7 is pretty six, probably pretty tough. Yeah, pretty tough, pretty <laughs> tough, pretty tough. Pretty tough. Uh, so I do the crouch, and I, I get on the other side, and there's no one out there. So it, it, at that point, you just catch the ball and run. So caught the ball. It was pretty easy after that because the play action, they totally bit on it. Now, I'd love to say that I made this great move to get open and jumped over somebody and all that stuff. But uh, ended up in the end zone and, and – Back then, I had some anger issues. So in my youth, I was a pretty angry guy. So I see Buddy Ryan out of the corner of my eye, and he had been—he
1: <laughs> was talking trash. He, wasn't he? was talking major was
0: trash. Man. He said, matter of fact, he got in a fight with his offensive coordinator earlier in the year, and and he said they were going to take out Joe. So they wanted to take out Joe. They were going to take out Joe Montana. And before the game, their players were starting to say the same thing. So I was like, okay, we we we're, we're mad at this point, and and uh, th- that kind of was our attitude. It was a big, yeah, you know, screw you, if you will, uh, to Buddy Ryan and his unbeatable team because they had won like twelve or thirteen straight at that time. Yeah. Home field advantage. Uh, they might have had it home field throughout, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So. You know, catch the ball, get in the end zone, throw the ball, and that kind of just jump-started us because I think we were losing at that point, and we just rolled them after that. That's amazing. That's a great story.
1: Okay, so it was not the AFC Championship. It was the week before, right? Week before. Because yep. you beat them. The Buffalo. And then you went the, to Buffalo. Correct. Uh, correct. And then Buffalo happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we don't need to talk about. Yeah. Cause, cause that's we, that luck thing. You remember yeah, that luck that thing luck I told thing. you about? Yeah, yeah. they, they
0: yep. it, it, it lined out for – for them. Buffalo yeah. and, and – Bounced the wrong way for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Joe Montana gets knocked out.
1: Ugh. What was uh, what was Montana like in terms of – I mean, was he as he cool was, as everybody talks yeah, about? Yeah, that,
0: that's, that's the yeah. one way to describe that yeah. dude, man. He'd get in the huddle and just cool, yeah. just cool. And he'd tell guys before just walking up to the line, you know, be alert, you know, because he knew where he was going to throw the ball. And he was the first one that I saw throw a left-handed pass, a right-handed quarterback, because really? he did it back when we were really? playing. Yeah, yeah. There's People some talk weird about Mahomes and
1: between Mahomes and Montana a little
0: bit. I could tell you, just watching Mahomes, just the stuff that I see, mic'd up or whatever, yeah. he is cool. I mean, he is—he's—he's a, he's a lot like Joe. Doesn't really yeah. panic. You yeah. see him on the. There are certain situations that I would love to have a, a heart monitor on some of these. Uh, premier athletes to see what their oh. what their level does we're way more nervous than yeah absolutely <laughs> That's the problem is they know they're going to make the play and we hope they make the play right. like like the homes there is nothing it's like the two jet uh, wasp or whatever that oh. play was he knew that he's like do we have time tyreek was yeah all i need <laughs> is a time to throw it and I'll, I'll get it there i got the arm and tyreek you just have to catch it so be alert, keep running, and just cool. He, he yeah. he's, and you could say that about a lot of people on that team. Yeah. I mean, but but he is kind of the epitome of the Chiefs, and and uh, kind of what we can expect over the next decade. I hope.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's fun that you you brought it all the way back to. So a story I was hopeful to tell. So, um, but but real quick that that wasp highlight that NFL Films yeah, thing yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, there's absolutely. so much psychology and no understanding and confidence in the whole thing, and and to hear him say, I'll, I'll butcher the exact line, but to hear him say some version of like, "Hey, I think he's talking to Kelsey and and Tyreek, and he's like, hey, you two get open,' and then he, he talked to Sammy Watkins like you too you hustle, but he knew exactly where he was going with right, the ball right 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 and he's over there on the sideline going they're going to talk about this for a long time yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. The, for him to have the awareness of like not, not this oh shit like a panic right, like this right, third right. 15. he's like yeah. no 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 like they're going to talk about this play for a long absolutely. time absolutely that's that's so cool
0: that's a, you know what that's the one the NFL does such a good job with those oh, it's, with it's those amazing. man you you hear the you get the sideline and you have uh Frank Clark saying, you know, you guys are going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Chris Jones talking about the, the, the just the fact that man, you guys are going to you're you going to make a movie about this. Yep. I mean, That's it's right. just they believed that yes. they, they yes. there was never a doubt in their mind uh that they were going to win that game given the given given the right chances. They, they knew they were going to take advantage of the of the opportunity when it presented itself and it it finally did and you got to be ready for those those opportunities when they when they do come up.
1: Yep, absolutely, man, absolutely. All right, man. So we we end every show with the same five questions. So four easy ones and, and one one uh, meaningful one here at the end. So um, just whatever first comes to your mind. Okay. All right, what's the last book you read or one that you re- would recommend?
0: You know what? I'm a Christian, so I read the Bible often. Okay, not all the way through, but Boom. pieces.
1: I love it. Love it, man. That's great. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid?
0: Swim in the ocean.
1: Okay. Don't like the ocean? No. I don't play. I that. see shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Every Sit time I get beach. in, I see shadows, man. Sit on the beach. Yeah, not go in yep. Okay. Yep. I love it. That's the first time we've gotten that answer. I love it. Um, is there one thing that, that you do that people, if they knew about it, would think you're crazy or weird? Like some tick or some kind of superstition thing or when you're playing sports or whatever?
0: When I was playing sport, I was an, I was a napper. So before games, I'd go to sleep. What? I'd listen to music and go to sleep. How? I don't know. Just shut it down. Just shut, just, I'd try to get myself in a calm place. Uh, really smart. A zen place. Uh, so I'd listen to music, usually slower music, not yep. your upbeat yeah. rap music, just some nice slow music. And take a nap.
1: That's awesome. Who would have thought? Never heard that before. That's great. Um okay. what's your what's your favorite place on earth?
0: Colorado. Mm-hmm. Colorado. Love the mountains. Love, love, love me too, uh man. Me too. Just the uh, Colorado. Yeah.
1: It's all you need to say. Say no more. It's all you need to say. Yeah. All right, here's the heavy one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Uh loving father loving husband good friend
1: that's three big ones man that's it three good ones keith it was a pleasure my friend thanks Thanks, man thanks for having me thanks for being on we'll uh can't wait to share this with the world bro all right all All right right. go chief
0: yes sir